0: Welcome to the Old Time Radio Westerns. I'm your host, Andrew Rines, and this episode is brought to you by you, our members. Without our members, this show could not become a show. Without them, we cannot produce and we cannot pay the bills to keep the lights on or servers running. You guys have been strong. A lot of you members have been since day one. I deeply appreciate that. If you want to become a member, go to otrwesterns.com and look at the membership options on the right-hand side. Not only do you get... Special perks where you get an extra show every week and Gunsmoke, you get strips and things like that. Um, and Coming in the near future, there's going to be some extras that you'll be seeing with uh, our members. So definitely, if you want to become a member, go to otrwesterns.com slash member. Let's get into today's episode. Today's episode is going to be Frontier Town, original air date. Is well, we don't have the exact date. We do know it comes from 1949. I love this series. Let's get into it. Oh, and the title is Marie. Gotta gotta let you know what the title is. Let's get into it, and I hope you enjoy.
1: Frontier Town: The Saga of the Roaring West. Frontier Town. Oh! El Paso, Cheyenne, Powder River, Tombstone. Frontier Town.
3: You folks ever hear of a town called Dos Rios? Like as not, you haven't. But being that I'm a town's lawyer, I'd like to tell you about Dos Rios. A sprawling, lusty, and raw boned frontier town. All kinds of folks here. Although some of them aren't all bad, there are some of them who aren't all good. Take my last case. Cherokee O'Bannon, ex-medicine man and now owner of the town livery stable, was with me just jogging along the west bank of El Toro Creek, flapping his jaws like he most always does.
2: Listen to me, my junior Blackstone. In court, you're dull and unromantic. But outside of a courtroom, with your back humped for trouble and your fists flying... Then, my boy, <laughs> there isn't a woman of the opposite sex who doesn't sigh her heart out to be crushed in those two manly arms.
3: <laughs> Doggone you, Cherokee. Don't let me hear you saying anything that even sounds like that where Libby Fillmore can hear you.
2: Oh, of course not, Chad. I'm as close-mouthed as a A uh, uh, famous statue, you know. Good enough. But if Libby has agreed to become Mrs. Remington... Would you kindly explain just why you're riding along with your roving eye riveted on that bit of feminine fluff and pulchritude, driving that one horse shea on the other side of the creek? Well,
3: so you noticed it too, huh? And at your age. You know, you're really a good advertisement for your Cherokee Indian rattlesnake oil. Certainly. Guaranteed to build red blood. Well, the young lady yonder has nothing to do with... <laughs> platitudes, Chad! Someone's shooting at that girl. Hey, and those shots have spooked the girl's horse. He's running away.
2: My goodness. That
3: damsel's not merely in distress, Chad. She's in trouble. Come on. Cherokee, I'll take care of the damsel. You light it out after that sneak and drag gulcher. Now go on. Pound up that dust. I'm taking out after that runaway rig.
4: Slow Slow
2: down. Please slow down. Hey, hey, watch out. You're heading that buggy straight for the creek. What? Oh, slow oh, there. What did you say? No, don't try and jump. I'll get alongside and grab the bridle. Hurry. He'll drown
3: me. Hey, slow. That's easy there. Uh, stand by. Stand by. Stand by. Oh, my
5: goodness, this is awful. Oh, I don't know what I should have done if you hadn't come along.
3: <laughs> Probably gone swimming, I guess. Huh? You Any idea, miss, who fired those shots at you? Uh,
5: none. None at all.
3: you hmm. have anything with you that a road agent might want? I mean, money or valuables, anything like that?
5: No. But, <laughs> you sound as if you might be a marshal or sheriff or something with all those questions.
3: Hmm, you're pretty close. I'm a lawyer. Dos Rios only lawyer.
5: Lawyer? You must be the man I was driving over to see you're Chad Remington.
3: Well, I guess there's nothing to say but guilty as charged, Your Honor. Chad Remington at your service.
5: Mr. Remington, I'm Marie Hoxley. Miss
3: Marie Hoxley. Mm-hmm.
5: When can I see you?
3: Well, it seems to me you're seeing me right now. Although I don't usually conduct my law business standing in a creek next to a <laughs> rig with three bullet holes <laughs> through the dashboard.
5: And uh, never having talked to a lawyer before, I really wouldn't know. <laughs> but if you... Wouldn't mind lifting me out of here, carrying me back to the bank.
3: Oh, really, I... Miss Hoxie, ease up a little, will you? Your, your arms are choking me. Make, let Go of my neck.
5: Oh, oh I'm, I'm so sorry. Thanks.
3: Okay, I'll tell you what, I sent Cherokee up in those rocks to Cherokee? see... Cherokee? Yeah, Cherokee O'Bannon. He owns a livery stable in town. If you don't mind, you can take his horse and he can patch his carriage together and bring it back to his stable.
5: certainly... Anything you say?
3: Oh, good. Since you're soaked from the splash and you've had when we get back to Dos Rios, you'd better get a hotel room and change your clothes.
5: You're the most thoughtful man.
3: Thanks, Miss Hoxie.
5: Are lawyers all so formal? My friends call me Marie. Yeah,
3: Well, what would you have done? I lifted uh, Marie out of that battered rig and carried her back up to the road. Whatever scent she was wearing smelled like... Well, I guess it had a French name and cost $25 an ounce. Effective. Very effective. With Marie wet and the air cold, I didn't do much talking on the way to Dos Rios. She took a room in the hotel and said she'd meet me at my office within an hour. That hour gave me a chance to do a little thing. Great Jupiter's ghost and sun sepulchres, Chad.
2: If you refuse help, Maria Hoxie, you're just cutting off your nose to spite her face. Her pretty little face.
3: I don't know, Cherokee. Something about this sounds a little fishy. Did you notice the dash of that buggy, the holes the slugs made? Oh, I can't say that I did, my bucolic barrister. Why... Well, the splinters are all outside.
2: Outside? My boy, why waste time looking at the outside of a splinter when you can be regaling your optics on the outside of Miss Hoxie? What
3: grace, what charm, what curves, what... What curves? And besides, those holes look mighty small. Those aren't holes, Chad. Those things are called (laughs) pores. Look, you old reprobate, I'm talking about the dashboard of that buggy, and you're talking about something entirely different. Indeed I am. Indeed I am. And something else. It's almost two hours since she said she'd be here in one hour. Well, no, sir, Cherokee, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk down to that hotel and tell Marie Huxley I'm not interested in her or her case. (laughs) Believe me, Miss, Maria, uh, Marie, I, I'm not at all put out about you being a little late. I, I just came down to the hotel to see if, well, if there was anything I could do to help you.
5: There's a lot you can do to help. You're so tall and so strong-looking that... Well, here, sit down. Yeah, no, uh, oh, no. Over here. <clears throat> because... What I have to tell you is in complete confidence, and I don't want anybody outside to hear it. Outside? You saw that man shooting at me today, didn't you?
3: Well, I did hear the shots.
5: Chad, believe me, I won't be safe until I get back the map to the Lost Continent Mine.
3: The map to the... Well, now, look, Marie, if I'm going to be of any help to you at all, you'd better start from the beginning.
5: <sighs> you will forgive me, but I just seem to be all at loose ends. Well, my... Father, Dan Hox, he's a mining engineer. I see. After three years of looking, he finally relocated the Lost Continent Mine. Mapped it. Went back to Leadville where I was waiting for him.
3: How did he lose the map?
5: It was stolen. And we know who stole it.
3: If you know who stole the map, why did you come here to Dos Rios to see me?
5: We had the man arrested and he's in jail now, but we never did find the map.
3: And you want me to go back to Leadville and play detective? Oh,
5: no, Chad, of course not. But the man who stole it has a brother living here in Dustrius, and we're as sure as sure can be it. He sent that map down here to him.
3: Uh, who's this brother?
5: What we heard, he's a professional gambler,
3: name of Folsom. Pharaoh Jack?
5: Why do you look surprised? Don't you believe me?
3: Maria, I hate to disappoint you, but as much as I sympathize with your problem, yours is scarcely a case for a cowtown lawyer. I'm sorry. Jack I- J- don't oh, go, yeah. Dale? Yeah.
5: Don't you see? Don't you understand? You know I intend to.
3: You're making it a little difficult.
5: Chad, please. Please don't walk out on me now. You've got to help me. You can have everything and anything you want.
3: Hey, you better sit down.
5: Yeah. I suppose I had.
3: Do you have any ideas... How I can get that paper for you?
5: It's worth $5,000 to us. if You do?
3: Marie, I've got to admit I can't do any thinking at all that close to your perfume. So you take off that negative, whatever you call it, and put on a dress. And by the time you're through, I'll be back here with my answer. Chair. No, I'll be seeing you, Marie. Later. As I asked before, what would you have done I headed for the street where Cherokee was waiting anxiously to get that perfume out of my head or blood some fresh air into my lungs We were walking along just leaving the hotel and Cherokee was voicing his disgust with me loud and volubly I'm starting to believe that you're a fair prospect
2: for the booby hatch if you consider turning her down five thousand dollars in that that radiant breath." Rabbit- hey. Chad, that shot just missed me. No, it
3: didn't miss me. Huh? I don't notice any punctures in your epidermis. No, I mean that one little shot just made me decide to try and locate the map of the Lost Continent Mine.
2: Well, I never believed in looking a gift horse in the teeth. But would you mind explaining to me why you've undergone this change of mind? Or could it be change of heart?
3: That little lead slug convinced me that there's more to this than is exposed to the eye. And now, if you look who just came out of the hotel, you'll have the rest of your answer. Out of the. But well, that's. That's Barrel Jack, the gambler. Say, isn't he the one you said, Marie? He's the one, all right. And believe me, Mr. O'Bannon, we're finding that map if we have to tear Dos Rios apart plank by plank and dobe brick by dobe brick. <laughs>
1: We'll return to the exciting second act of our Frontier Town adventure in just about one minute. Now, Frontier Town. Well,
3: with that shot from the general direction of the hotel going past my ear a little too close for comfort, and then seeing Pharaoh Jack Folsom leaving the hotel, I decided the better part of valor would be to get off the street before the sheriff and a crowd collected. So I went back to the hotel. Leaving Cherokee to wait for me down the corridor a few feet, once again I knocked on the lovely Marie. You. Why, were you expecting someone else? I thought you were a stranger in Dos Rios, Marie.
5: Well, I am, it's just that I... Well, I didn't expect you back this soon.
3: May I come in? Certainly. Young lady, I've decided to take your case.
5: Oh, that's wonderful, Chad, wonderful.
3: Well, $5,000 is a lot of money, so I also decided I'd take part of that now. I... now? I've taken you at your own word. You've said anything and everything. I'm asking for some money, down.
5: You didn't expect me to have the $5,000 with me.
3: I'll take what I can get.
5: Oh. Well, if that's the way it is, that's the way it'll have to be, I
3: suppose. And you suppose correctly.
5: Oh, well, money all you're interested
3: in. The way this case may turn out, I need to put a little aside to assure myself a proper funeral. Now you better go open that purse of yours before I change my mind again. Although Miss Hoxie's pocketbook was fat and bulging, she only managed to produce a hundred dollars. While the bag was open, I did manage to peek inside, and what I saw in there satisfied me that this was my kind of case. As soon as I left Marie's room, I beckoned to Cherokee, and we took advantage of being in the hotel by easing ourselves into Folsom's room. I don't mind saying that I was more than a bit surprised when, tucked inside one of his frilly shirts, I found the map to the Lost Continent Mine. Careless of him, wasn't it? But, and I guess gamblers always do take chances. Then instead of turning the map over to my client and demanding the rest of the fee, I grabbed Cherokee and hurried back to my office.
2: Mr Remington I am by nature a very patient man but with that gorgeous creature waiting to hand you the best part of 5000 dollars why in the name of Hooley's goats don't you give her the map and collect the long green folding wherewithal
3: i don't know yet exactly all i know for sure is that in the bottom of her little pocketbook i spotted a 25 caliber handgun 25 caliber 25 caliber a little gun a gun which shoots small slugs and make little holes. Holes that I think will match those in the dashboard of the buggy she was driving. You mean to stand there with your balls hanging out trying to say that she shot at herself? I'm just meaning to say that for the time being I'm going to make what seems to be an exact copy of this map and put it back where we found the original one. <laughs> Before sneaking back upstairs to Folsom's room, I left Cherokee downstairs in the dinky little lobby under strict orders to stall Folsom should he return by every legal means. And then, just as I had the altered copy of the map safely stowed away in Folsom's shirt, I heard a commotion starting down in the lobby. I closed Folsom's door and raced down the steps
4: two at a time. I thought you'd
3: forget it.
0: Oh, Bannon, I've given you three to get your hands off of me. Do you understand?
2: Bob Farrell, I'm positively guaranteed the two bottles of my
0: genuine One. Cherokee
2: Indian rattlesnake oil will not only change your luck, but will absolutely positively... Three, attack. all right, I want you! Now,
3: just a minute, boss. Why don't you pick on someone your own size and age? You better keep out of this, Remington. I should? Why? Because if you don't, I'm going to knock your teeth
4: back down your throat.
3: What was that again about wanting to perform a little dental work on me? You heard me. Told you to keep out of this. Well, I'm in it, and I'm staying in. It. Unless you think you can knock me out of it. Why, you loud mob. Oh, oh. Well, Pharaoh, you, you rattled my teeth, but that's all. What you meant was something more like this.
2: Chad, my boy, I'm as proud of you as a new head of hair. <laughs> he won't wake up for a week. Oh, won't I? We'll soon see about
3: that. Barrow, you're a glutton for punishment. You think Come on, Cherokee, help me straighten up this lobby, and then we'll. Tire, look out! You've got his gun. Oh, you double. De- Just for that, Folsom, I'm taking your gun with me. If you ever want it again, you know where to find me, up at my office. If you'll only listen a minute, Cherokee, I'll explain as much as I can to you. You mean if you're able to? actually precipitating
2: a fight, right in a public hotel.
3: (laughs) You used the right word when you said precipitate, because now I'm sure that Marie Hoxie knows I'm working on her case. (laughs) didn't you see her watching from up at the head of the stairs? You mean you did that to impress her? No. Oh, I did it in the hope that now she'll have to make her next move, which she just did. Just did? She just did. You hadn't been so busy talking, you might have seen her go over into the Western Union office. And unless I miss my guest, Cherokee, we'll be having visitors. Some mighty interesting visitors before very long.
2: Ted, whether you like it or not, I've got to have a libation. Practically locked up in this office with you for six hours, just waiting, has taxed my nerves beyond the bounds of this Shh,
4: quiet, Cherokee. Someone coming up the stairs. Come up. By the ever-living George, so there.
2: Come in.
5: Chad, I do hope you don't mind my coming here this time of night.
2: Hi, dear young lady. You not alone deprecate our perspicacity, but you do yourself a great injustice. There, let
5: me get you a chair.
3: You were, uh, you were right about Folsom having that map. Oh, is that so? I thought you'd be more surprised.
5: Is that the map I wanted?
3: I just told you that Folsom had it.
5: I'm telling you, I don't believe it.
3: You're smarter than I thought you were, Marie. You happen to notice the map you found in this room isn't complete?
5: I. I don't know what you're talking about.
3: I know what you were talking about when you said anything and everything, I think.
5: Perhaps you've done too much thinking, Mr. Remington.
3: Say now, please, don't leave so soon.
2: Why, this barren little barrister's office hasn't smelled so good since it's opened. every stable, you
5: know. Oh, I'm not leaving. But fortunately, my father arrived in town, and perhaps he'd better talk to you. Father, come on in.
4: I was hoping we wouldn't have any trouble. But now, you gentlemen had better sit down. Uh, Just arrived in town, Mr. Hoxie? Never mind. You got that lost continent map. And
3: we want it. I rather expected you after I saw your beautiful daughter slip into the Western Union office. If you happen to think it's strange that a lawyer should have his office over a livery stable, that's the reason. Wonderful view of the entire street. If you're a smart lawyer, Remington, you'll dig up the map. Quick. So many people seem to want this map. It should be worth a great deal more than $5,000.
4: Oh, so that's your play, huh? Think you're going to hold us up and gouge a bankroll out of us?
3: Well, since I didn't take the other things Marie offered me, it seems I'm entitled to a higher fee. After all, this was riskier than I thought. I, someone shot at me. Didn't you, Marie? And you
2: mean to sit there and say you think that Jana beautiful...
3: flannel muff,
4: Remington, I'm not planning on being here in town very long. Maybe two more minutes. You got one to hand over that map.
3: Oh, it's too bad you're leaving so soon, but I can't say I blame you. If your partner, Pharaoh Jack Folsom, happens to see you in Dos Rios, there's apt to be a little shooting affair.
4: Maybe you are smart.
3: Folsom was my partner, but that map belongs to me. To me? Not to us? You and your enchanting daughter? (laughs) You're pretty smart yourself, Hoxie, if that is your name. Hiring Marie to pose as your daughter and come down here to get that map because Folsom had never seen her. He's not his daughter? Why have all the cheap chicanery? All right, now look. Now that you know that I know where you stand, and since this is just a business deal, why don't you let your money do the talking for you?
4: Any talk from now on this forty-five's going
3: gonna do. Oh, too bad Marie didn't have a forty-five. What What are you... you... That little handgun you let her carry gave me my first tip. Right from the time I saw those holes she shot through the dashboard just to make me think she was in trouble. Then when she threw that shot at me from the hotel... Wellington, I mean it. I'm gonna kill you to get back that map. You see, Marie... He'll kill me just to double-cross Jack Folsom. Then I wouldn't be surprised if he killed you. Are you turning over that map? I guess I'll have to. Won't I, Pharaoh?
4: Drop that gun and run uh, And Where did you...
2: And drop it. You folks, kind folks, don't mind. This office is getting so crowded I think I'll leave. You
4: take one more step, Cherokee, and you will leave. Later on, a shut up. That's what I said. I'm
3: staying. You know, Pharaoh, I just had a hunch if this double-dealing vulture you're in partners with ever arrive in Dos Rios, you'd pick up his scent faster than a bird dog. Never mind him. I want my map back. Oh, this is getting more confusing than ever. It's a matter of pure and simple justice. I don't know who to give the map to now. Well,
5: maybe this will make your mind up for you. Here, I've got the money I promised you in my bag. Nobody's buying that map, you understand me? Why not? Chad can use this money just as well as... All right, Folsom, drop that gun.
2: Why, the little police turned into a ferocious
3: firebrand. Oh, yeah. doggone it, Marie. Don't you know that little gun's going to get you into trouble sooner or later? Folsom,
4: drop that gun. Why, sure. I guess I know when I... You dirty
5: double-crosser let go of my wrist.
4: Chad,
2: oxy's gun, it's on your desk.
4: <laughs> That's enough,
2: Folsom
3: given you a better chance than you gave her. I didn't have to, miss. Cherokee, get his gun and cover them both. My pleasure, Chad.
2: Here, give me that. Oh,
3: Marie, don't you know you should always take your attorney's advice? What? I told you that gun was going to get you into trouble.
5: Chad, it hurts. I...
3: I'm going to take you to the doctor's now. Here, Here let me lift you up.
5: Oh. You remember what? But I told you... What was that? that it's doing the hard way. I knew I'd end up with you holding me in your arms.
3: What's wrong with you today, Cherokee? The air's wonderful, the birds are singing, the fish are all jumping in El Toro Creek, and you just haven't opened your mouth for a half hour. My cold-blooded counselor, you grieve me and fill me with bitter disappointment. How's that again? Here we are, perched
2: on the backs of these high-priced equines, riding along El Toro Creek Road in the very same place where just a week ago your roving eyes spotted Marie
3: Hoxing. Uh-huh.
2: You sat there supinely in the saddle, making casual comments about the climate and the floor of the fauna. Have you no heart? No red blood in your veins? Never mind, I'll tell you. What you probably need is a double dose of Dr. O'Bannon's famous Cherokee
3: Indian rattlesnake oil. Well, at least you don't need it. The memory of Miss Hoxie's perfume seems to act on you like a tonic.
2: That reminds me, Chad. Did hmm? you ever find out if Pharaoh Jack
3: Folsom ever did have a brother in prison over in Leadville? Well, Judge Fillmore found out for me. He had not even got a brother. Dan Peacock, alias Dan Hoxie, gave that Lost Continent map to Pharaoh Jack after he'd won it in a stud game in lieu of cash. You mean he didn't realize how valuable it was, the fool? Oh, he didn't even know it was a Lost Continent mine until later. Then when he found out, he tried to get it back from Pharaoh and couldn't. Ends when he decided to double-cross him and hire Marie to pose as his daughter. What do you think's gonna happen to the curvaceous charmer? Oh, Marie... Well, from what the judge tells me, whenever they release her from the hospital, she's due for about five years at the state's expense. Five years? Well, by that time she will have reached the full bloom of beautiful maturity. No doubt. And if you lay off the libations of that rattlesnake oil, you may still be around to greet her. You old fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, my boy, even in me, hope
2: springs eternal. <laughs>
1: Frontier Town starring Tex Chandler is a Bruce Ells production. Supervision by Joel Murcott. Story and direction by Paul Franklin. Music written and played by Ivan Ditmars. Be sure to be with us again this time one week from today for another fine action-adventure story with your favorite young Western star, Tex Chandler. Frontier Town came to you from Hollywood.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of otrwesterns.com. Send me an email, podcast at otrwesterns.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, otrwesterns.com slash Facebook. And we're also on Twitter, otrwesterns.com slash Twitter. Call leave me a voicemail, 707-986-8739. Don't forget to rate this show on iTunes, otrwesterns.com slash iTunes. This episode's copyright under the attribution non-commercial share-alike copyright. For more information, go to otrwesterns.com copyright. Hope you enjoy. Again, thanks for listening, and have a great day.